0: We're uncaged.
1: Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news, always joined by a very special guest. Then I pleasure your mind, body and soul with the freshest, most banging international music going.
0: Uncaged now I say love is lovely, warriors is ugly If you see me with my steamer in my hand Don't trouble me Play by the flick, of my wrist, You know what they say It's the the man called Fikin From up an down the bank
1: if you listen to this podcast on the regular you will know that I do not have run of the meal musical guests on the show I like to get the cream of the crop on in terms of people that for me experiment and are groundbreaking musically, lyrically, spiritually and culturally. That ranges from Protégé, who came on to discuss A Matter of Time, to my good, good friend King Mass with his album Crown, to artists like Black Hero with The Immortal Stepper and... My guest on this week's podcast fits perfectly into that category he has just released this absolutely stunning album mind-blowing i think is actually the word album called new wave um it's absolutely fantastic we're gonna get into that obviously during this interview but it really 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 pushes the boundaries both musically and lyrically and my gosh can this guy sing as well he's absolutely fantastic i'm really really excited to speak to him because it's a kind of album i absolutely love it's a pleasure to welcome to on cage for the first time Firekin Firekin thank you so much for coming on I am actually really excited to speak to you because the album is fire it's absolutely phenomenal so thank you for coming yes, on yes uh,
2: sir greetings and love give thanks you know thank you for having uh, the eye on the programme you know we do give thanks
1: it is my absolute, absolute pleasure. Let's get straight into New Wave. Um, I, I want to get into the sort of musical intricacies of it and the lyrical content in a bit. But yeah. it's, I mean, it's a really expansive project and it's extremely, extremely, it's top draw, top quality stuff, I can. It's, I mean, the songwriting Give is... Thanks no my pleasure it's it's full of the songwriting full of light and shade the production is really 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 quality which is sometimes missing from kind of um the revival movement but it's top quality production (laughs) the arrangements of both the instrumentals and the background vocals and also your use of percussion throughout it i have to note the use of percussion use percussion is fantastic um but the whole thing is an absolutely fantastically well-rounded project and so innovative as well i mean I mean, it, it, was this album New Wave, was it a long time in the making? How long from sort of start to finish did it take for New Wave to really come about?
2: Well, New Wave has been four years in the making. Four years. You know, this is my second album. I dropped an album called Child of the Nile in 2015. You know? So it was it was past due. We, I, I, I've been working on it ever since... Um, Starting at 2016, you know, we'll keep recording, recording, and recording, and you know, experimenting in the lab. You know what I mean? Just creating sounds and fusing sounds, and and you know, just seeing what the result or the outcome would be. You know what I mean? And it really manifested to the fullness in the last what three months because I had so many songs and. Everybody was like, yo, we, you need to drop a project now, and I'm like, yeah, no, but I'm a perfectionist, so I take time and work and, 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 and this stuff, and you know? So sometimes it will take me a little longer than you know usual, if if, if it's up to me, because everything has to be perfect, you know what I mean? So, it was a couple of idols of mine that I worked with, and on, on a couple of the um, songs, you know, people like Rattigan from Brixton Music Group, and you know, Island Stage, Susan, who pushed me. I was like, yo, you need to drop it, drop the project, drop the project, it's fire. So I was thinking January, February, you know, (laughs) 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 and everybody keep, you know, pressing me, pressing me and pushing me to, yo, just release it this year, man, come on. And I said, you know what, why not? Because I already started working on a whole bunch of new songs and, and, you know, it's some fire songs, too. So, real talk, New Wave is really the growth, you know, my my growth in music, my growth and journey, as, you know, one said. You know, that's what the New Wave is about, because now we really have a full overstanding of the industry. We have a full overstanding of music production. We have a full overstanding of marketing now and, you know targeting people and places and and certain audiences and things. So we really grew, as opposed to maybe seven, eight years ago, I knew nothing that I know now, nothing. I mean, like, the only thing I I, I know what to do was write and record a song. So now for me to be, you know, into hands-on into production, playing instruments, creating my own beats and, you know, to, to produce in my own albums and stuff. And, and you know, the sound that I'm bringing now is, is, is a way more mature sound than then, you know, because I did my my, my homework, as Irene would say. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to learn from the masters, then we're going to study what Bob them did, and, you know, the Peter Tosh them and the, from even in the 80s when we did the Daddy I Ride and the U Ride, and so we got to the foundation and we learn the grassroots height. and now we put we put in all of that energy into this new wave project and new wave is not only just the growth is is you know is what is to come after as well you know what i mean i tell
1: you what it's interesting you say that you, you feel it's it's representing your growth because it is quite noticeable because i listened to child of yeah. nile um before yeah. interviewing you. and don't get me wrong it's a great album it's it's very much um yes. it, again it's experimental in terms of especially the arrangement and the use of percussion but you can hear the the increase in production quality and the increase yes. in um in also in your songwriting has come on as well it, it it, yeah, it's it's very noticeable to see that you have grown in the past <laughs> four years since releasing Child of the Nile to now releasing New Wave. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes, no, Dafa. Yes,
2: Dafa. Yes. So that is the key, you know, that is the whole concept behind it, you know what I mean?
1: no I mean it's that's absolutely I like I say it's fascinating to listen to that the, as I said in the introduction the thing that drew me immediately to New Wave um, was that it is so 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 diverse musically I'm, I, I love artists which really as I said push the boundaries of music mm-hmm. and you do this on New Wave in absolute droves I mean just to take a few yes, tracks sir. just to sort of talk the listener through some of the tracks so for example you've got Steam which is very much kind of um, it's got a bit new wave reggae sort of but very dubby yeah. in, it, in yeah. its sensibilities with this bass on a sort of fairly rapid lick um, mm-hmm. and then you've got a great horn section which answer your vocals there's a great interplay mm-hmm. between the horns and your voice you then mix it up completely um, with Children of Farai with with Kabaka Kabaka Pyramids. Yeah. um it's yeah. kind of it's hip hop um, but then it's kind of I feel. It's kind of almost African sort of soul as well in some respects um you've
2: yeah it's, it's a fuse of reggae yeah. hip hop and 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 you know the, the Naya bingi sound you know. That
1: is, exact, that is exactly African what it is. African drumming, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got that completely. Um, and you, yeah, the fuse. You hit, the, the fuse. Fusion, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, you hear the hip-hop with the kind of, the main sort of drum arrangements with the sort of snare going yeah. on, the hi-hat going on. But then there's the, you get the, that African feeling as well. Uh, I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Com- you then talks. go Concrete Jungle, which for me, now, don't take this the wrong way. Um, five, mm-hmm. don't take this the wrong way, but for me, it was kind of very much... It was almost ambient hip-hop r&b and it put me in mind of the kind of toronto sound which the likes of drake sort of put into the mainstream it's kind of that yeah ambient kind of borderline hip-hop borderline r&b but it's it's an absolutely fantastic song and i want to touch on the lyrical content of it later on in this interview um but that was very interesting only for new is just pure neo soul for me but what you've done so cleverly with it and i love this you've got the keys sort of the keys are playing sort of a real sort of r&b kind of slash bluesy mm-hmm. kind of improv going on but you trick the listener because the keys main function is to play on the offbeat which makes you think hang yeah. on a minute that sounds like the sort of bubble pattern going on there so it's yeah. a bit reggae <laughs> but it's not really reggae it's for me it's kind of neo soul because you've got the keys on the sort of r&b kind of tinkering you've got these yes, solely yeah. almost do-wop kind of backing vocals and it's one of my favorite tracks <laughs> It. I think It's beautiful. Then you take yeah, it. A step, you take it a step further. Then um, and you go to smiling, which it kind of mixes again. It's like Children of Farai. It right, kind of mixes elements of R and B with sort of some traditional, almost Afrobeat, I suppose. Especially in the percussive arrangements, um, mm-hmm. with they, they sort of play on the sort of quarter beat on the off beat. Very, very fascinating. You wind it all nicely together, and then you end up just to take it even a step (laughs) further Viking you end up with protection which again is one of my favorite tracks it's kind of this it's this grimy kind of neo soul in terms of that you've used a sort of distortion technique throughout which almost puts Mm -hmm. in mind of trap um yeah you know there's there's the way trap sort of distorts the 808 and um that it has that very distinctive sound the the way you use distortion is extremely clever in it and it kind of takes it from sort of for me neo soul to a sort of completely different level and the the whole album is just like that it's it's just this wonderful (laughs) mix of of all different genres, all different use of musical arrangements, different use of backing vocals. Um, yes. it, it, it's just fascinating. I love it, love listening to it. It's absolutely fascinating um, to sort of immerse yourself in it and take it all in. Really, really, you hear new things every time you listen to it. It's the third listening I'm on now, and it's still, it's still I'm still spotting different things. It's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I'm just going to take a breath at this point. <gasps>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so
1: this mixing up of genres Viking and this kind of almost because it is experimental a lot of it where does this come yes, from sir. is this is this reflective of your own taste in music has it come through your own musical journey or is is sort of the mashing up of genres and styles is it a case of you do that depending on the subject matter of the track what is it where, where does this diversity and experimentation come from with you
2: well, it comes from as 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 I said um, in an interview that I did yesterday, right? It it flowed from. It's really a mixture of both, right? Because coming up as a youth, when I was growing up, I was listening to a wide um, variety of music, like the household that I was in. You know, even if I leave from the household that I grew up into a family members household, they still love to play music so you have like from the old school reggae to the old school rock and roll from the old school R&B soul type vibe from the old school everything old school growing up you know we 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 grasp to the music and we study them we learn them we sing them no matter who sing it even if it's a Elvis Presley you know what i mean so we, we grew up learning that wide variety of music, and I was very much a dancehall and, and, and roots reggae fan from ever since a child, and also a lover of R&B soul music. You know, so we grew up, a sing a lot of soul music and I sing a lot of reggae songs. You know what I mean? And yeah, the diversity came from that, you know, growing up, because we grew up listening to from, you name it, the Elvis Presley to you know the the Ella Fitzgerald um, and to the you know Nina Simone to the you know to the shade the India Ari and this is just international I'm talking about now Seeing to the Aretha Franklin to Whitney Houston Celine Dion like you know all the, all the greats you <laughs> know we we hear all of that in Jamaica and then now we move to the 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 Jamaican stars, then more we grow up and love, we have people like Black Uhuru, Burning Spear, you know, um, Alton Ellis, you have Bob Marley, you have, you know, Peter Tosh, you have, you know, Don Carlos, you have Hugh Mundell, you have, you know, it's like it's a wide variety of people. Like when, when, when I check it and I really meds it, it's like, yo, how could I not be, you know, someone who could be diverse in this industry? You know, with all these different genres that I grew up with, and you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's how it really, you know, that's how the diversity in my music come about.
1: And you can you can hear it and especially you can really hear the soul influences both in in your arrangement and the selection Mm -hmm. of instruments and and also your voice because your voice is fantastic as well. It's it's extremely, extremely versatile throughout the album. You dance. No, my pleasure. On on for example, only for you, you flip between a sort of tenor range and then you go up into the falsetto. Mm -hmm. And you do it's brilliant. You do it across you flip between your two ranges across these really intricate riffs where you're literally um, going from note to note between the tenor and falsetto yes, ranges. Extremely complex yes, to do um, but you do it effortlessly and then um, on Children of Far Eye you flip between a baritone and a falsetto like lower range yes, and straight up into the <laughs> falsetto and then you've got these mad sing-jay skills on, on tracks like Lyrical Don where you use very intricate rhyming <laughs> patterns you, you mix it up and again it's, it's a mark of sort of good sing and good rapping where where you can mix up the rhyming pattern so much you don't stick to sort of one pattern and just deviate from it slightly like You really on lyrical don really mix up the rhyming patterns i mean it, absolutely brilliant 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 vocals throughout the yeah, album. Thanks. go on go and grab yourself a drink go and use the toilet because me and firekin will be back in a, just a few seconds with some more chat did you know from a young age that you had this talent for both singing and um and sing and rapping? Did you was it always something you did? Was singing the first thing that sort of started for you?
2: Well, the first thing that really started for me was DJing because at what, nine years of age? Nine I you know. Yeah, nine. I I I can remember vividly like nine and my elder brother, like, I used to be around him every evening, you know, so He's also an artist. He sings, he DJs, he raps, you know, he, 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 he plays instruments and stuff. So it was a joy sometimes in the evenings after I finished playing football, you know, fresh up, go and look for my brother up the street and just chill with him and watch him vibe and do him thing, you know. And one day he said to me, yo, um, let me teach you how to do this. Henry. And he taught me how to write the music. And, you know, ever since then, I've been writing and DJing. So DJing was the first thing that I did, you know. Hardcore type of DJing, to to be honest. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to DJ some of them songs right now. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, we started out DJing and, you know, after a while, I realized my, 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 my gift in singing at the age of 12 so it wasn't not too long after you know realize uh, I could sing as well
1: how, d- how did that then sort of develop into you becoming a recording artist? What was your journey from, so you were DJing at nine, <laughs> DJing at nine, that's yeah. just like mad. Um, <laughs> DJing <laughs> at nine, realising that at 12 you could sing. How, how did your musical sort of journey then progress to, to get you to this point, I suppose, with, with New Wave and in 2019? What was, what was that journey? What happened?
2: Well, the journey started at, you know, I could say, a pro- a professionally, it started in 2005. You know, and um, before that, I was going to recording studios and recording demos and, you know, performing on stages still. But professionally, like, you know, songs all over the airwaves and you on some big shows with, you know, big artists and thing. 2005 was, you know, the real... Um, Step to music, you know. And I remember vividly because I was a little me and my brethren, then we used to hang out and you know, we do a little dancing and you know, we was a group, you know, we used to dance as a group and thing. We call ourselves the Hotterfire Crew. Okay. <laughs> so it was one day, you know, after school and everybody link up and thing, and I was saying to my brethren that Yo, we I got a song for the new dance that we just created because we, we had built a new dance and things. So I told him, Yo, I have a song for it. And he was like, yo, come on, let's let, you know, let, let's let's sing the song and let me hear it or whatever. And I started singing the song. And he said to me, Yo, bro, bro, let's go record this song. Like we were like, you know, four, to, well, 16, 15, 16 at the time. Young, still in with teenage years. And he was like, yo, let's go find a studio and record this. And I said, but we don't know no studio. Like, where are we going to get a studio to go to right now that's going, you know, take us <laughs> serious? And we started walking all over halfway three. So my career started, my musical journey started in the streets of Kingston, you know, from a place called Mullins Road, Kesha Park. And then it transitioned in my later years into Portmore. You know? And so here we are. Continue the story. Walking through half the trees, stopping at every studio. Yo, I'm a DJ, I want to record something, or you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we stopped stone we stopped at Stone Love headquarters first. <laughs> you know. They said, yo, you know, the studio not up and running right now, but we had to left. Went to Junior Reed studio. Junior Reed wasn't there. You know. <laughs> then we end up at Fifth Element studio. And I remember vividly, you know, when I heard the name Fifth Element, I remember that, hold on, Fifth Element, like, that's, that's, my uncle's a part of that thing. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I went and I knocked on the gate, and, you know, they say, who that, You know, me tell them, me name, you know, at the time I was, I was called Iquent. (laughs) <laughs>
1: you look sorry What? So, I okay
2: so that was my DJ name you know before Fire King and you know we started like he let me in and you know we start reasoning and stuff and he said to me like yo what kind of music you do as a matter of fact he said DJ for me and i you know, started to DJ at one of the cultural songs because I stepped into the yard and I saw that it was be Rasta man you know and I you know them stay them to the like, you know, the, the violin songs and stuff like that, so we start DJ free thing and him I say, yeah, it sound bad. What, what type of other tune you do? I say, me do all type of song. He say, you can't do all type of song around yourself, you know. him <laughs> <laughs> yes. say, A reggae, we do right yourself. We do reggae yourself. And I'm like, all right, cool. So... <laughs> That was my challenge, though, to be honest with you. Because, you know, as a DJ, I'm like, wow. Oh, my God, like, literally sing. Because these people make one drop beats. It's not even like they make dancehall and you can't sing some cultural song on it. You know? Yeah. They make one drop roots reggae. So it's something to, to challenge me at the time. But I was young. I was fresh and, you know, fit enough to take the task on, and you know, I did my necessary research. Start writing, start singing because I usually sing from before. You know what I'm saying. So that's when I started to fuse my, the two sounds. 2005, we start fuse the on the DJ the vocal, and, and the singing thing together. And ever since then, bro, that's that's it's just been i just be evolving and evolving and evolving and evolving and evolving. Like, I have some new songs right now, like, If You Think New Wave is...
1: <laughs> so I'm laughing because I'm like, well, you've got new, more new music already?
2: <laughs> yeah, I do. I tell you. It's mad. I stay working and I spend, like, if it's 24 hours out of the day, most mostly probably 18 hours out of the day is in the studio for me. I don't even sleep the full eight hours, you know?
1: <laughs> so, so, sorry, you were saying if I thought New Wave was experimental, then what you've got coming up is going to blow my mind. Is that, what you're, is that what you're getting at?
2: Yeah, I'm telling you what's coming up is going to be fire. You know, I'm already working on the next project as we speak. Now I have five songs already. So that's almost an album. That's halfway through an album already. That is about
1: halfway, yeah, yeah. I well, I can't wait to hear that, (laughs) bloody hell! I I need to sit down. I think. (laughs) I mean,
2: always stay ten steps ahead of the game. uh,
1: That, but that's the trick, isn't it? Exactly so. Exactly so. You um. you you so i have to say as well i love i like. i have this vision in my head because i know rory <laughs> and i have this vision of my head of you going knocking at stone love studios I think just, yeah I think it's just brilliant. brilliant brilliant brilliant
2: yeah man i went there man i tell you that's how the whole thing started for me professionally that
1: is absolutely great I I wonder um, I I want to get a bit serious now actually because um, looking at your uh, your kind of back catalogue and and everything you do um, Mm -hmm. I want to get a bit into sort of the subject matter you talk about because I I think it's very 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 important what the matters you discuss and the sort of influence you have Um, you can't escape the fact that I mean quite obviously on Child of the Nile but moreover on New Wave um, that Africa features very 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 prominent prominently um, and i mean as i said mm-hmm. earlier you can hear it in the arrangements yeah. and specifically your choices of percussion um yeah the subject matter again africa is also very prominent throughout new wave i mean is is it would you say is your biggest source of sort of spiritual and cultural inspiration and influence is the motherland that to you is that is that yes your biggest yes. source? yes
2: definitely it is one of the main sources. And, you know, because I must be honest, if I wasn't connected to Africa through Rastafari or the journey of Rastafari, you know, I don't think... And, and it, it, it comes hand in hand. It's like you say Rastafari, you say Africa. And once you say that, you, you, you get tuned into the culture, you see how powerful we are, how spiritual as a people we are, you see, you know... We are the we are the Bible peoples, we are, you know, you see so many um, strength within that. You know what I'm saying? And and yet there is so many of us out here in the world that is lost and, 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 and you know not knowing our worth or you know not knowing how powerful we are or how spiritually deep we are if we just tap into that energy, you know what I'm saying? So Africa for me is the main source of my music because if me I watch a documentaries about Africa, you know what I'm saying. If me I watch, you know, any little thing me I do, me want know what's happening in the motherland because I remember as a teen, my first time I read I read a book on on Rastafari. I was I was 15 in high school, and ever since then I stopped eating meat. I stopped, you know, a whole bunch of things, and I felt. Like a new person. You know, I felt like, yo, I, I have a purpose now, you know. Excuse me. I have a hymn. I know what I want. I know what I'm about. You know what I'm saying? Before that, I was dancing, playing football. I was hanging around with the, the dudes on the corner with the straps. I was smoking marijuana, you know. So, after that, no, I've, I really felt an, 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 an awakening... So my true calling was music then and I stopped playing football, you know, and and football was really like the main thing to me too as well. But the calling, it felt so, like it felt like, yo, you have to answer to this and make this move ASAP. You can't itch, you can't, you know what I'm saying? So I stopped doing football and stopped going to high school as well, I just stopped. And just went straight into the studio. And, you know, we started recording. And as me tell you, the spiritual awakening, it really came from the journey of Rastafari. And that's how me get the knowledge of many of the things that I know now. You know, Mama Africa, you know, the mind, how powerful the mind is, you know. Spirituality, you know, I mean, even up to other religious, you know, stuff that I didn't know before. You know what I'm saying? So... Africa is really influ- influential to my music because that's where I personally envision the kingdom. You
1: know. No, absolutely. I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm always fascinated, but I'm particularly interested with you. I mean, I, I have so many acts come on this podcast um, who are Rastafari, um and who even to the likes of I had um, I had Bay C um, from. Talked mm-hmm. on at the start of the year, sort of you know, Basie Talker's deep Basie 'm um, really well-known yeah. dancehall artist, but who dropped Holy Temple last year, which was this absolutely kind of out of the blue almost. He's flipped from doing yeah. commercial dancehall to suddenly dropping this heavily spiritual track, um, yeah. which was sort of embedded in roots and uh, hip hop, and then you had the sort of last section was which was heavily, heavily sort of African mm-hmm. in it. Its culture and in its arrangement and he kind of dropped this out of nowhere and and i i asked him a similar question i mean what what is it about rastafari which suddenly gives you this this calling if you like what mm-hmm. what, what is it for you which 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 did that what what is it about rastafari
2: well i i personally can see is the principle and the humility and how humble this man is you know and What it is that humbles me the most about the journey is, you know, what the king stands for, you know, the love of nature and, you know, the believing in equality and, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and, and just in daily in daily activities, you know, it's all about, you know, progressing and, 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 and growing and, you know. Wanting to see people to be one, you know. What I mean, to me, Rastafari I really draw me closer to spirituality, you know. And and you know, as, at one time I was like a dark person, like you know, the least of the thing I could get angry, and you know what I'm saying. And mm. um, ever since I tapped into the journey of Rastafari and start holy meditation and and thing. You know, you, you find say so more calmer, you start to blaze the herb more so you, you know your meditation it is more relaxing now, you know. And then you see things clearer. Cause sometimes when you're in the rush of things, you know you know really get to, to, to pan out things properly. You know, so yeah man, for Rastafari to me Rastafari, draw me closer to spirituality and, and once I want get in tune with spirituality, you can't go wrong.
1: No, absolutely. I, I, no, I think it's an excellent summing up. I'm, I'm always interested, sort of, hear people's people's own personal journeys. And and what 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 Agostafaro also does for you as well, as you said, sort of the humility um, and mm-hmm. also the, equality. the
2: principles. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. It, it, it's the principles, and that always shines through um, with music that comes from people who who follow and and believe and who are spiritually on on that level. And it shines through in your album because it's it, It's an extremely, extremely, extremely conscious piece of work. If you need another break, go and have one now. Because me and Fykin will be back in just a few seconds. I mean, from... Tracks like "Concrete Jungle," which is essentially for me, it was talking about sort of the the rampant inequality and poverty that exists, while politicians essentially don't don't solve the issue and do nothing yes, uh... nothing about it. To to Africa awaits, which is almost this kind of anthemic song about the the liberation that the continent is is needs and and should be having. Um, to mm-hmm. obviously the track with the tobacco, "Children of Farai." Um, there's lots of tracks about the herb on there and ganja um, but and the whole the whole piece is very spiritual and very very conscious i mean is is that level of songwriting and level of lyrical composition, where there is always a a message and always a point and always a, I suppose, a greater greater good to the music, is that what's always at the forefront of your mind when when you sit down to to write a track? Is it, is it the message and and the sort of the wider the wider point you want to get across? Is is that always the most important thing?
2: Well, to be honest with you. I go in the studio sometimes not knowing what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do both music when it comes to the production side of it you know cuz I make beats as well We're not going with no plan you know and what I do is me let the universe speak through me you know and and for 15 years I've been doing that I haven't written a, a song in a in a in a on a paper for so long, you know what I'm saying? No and none. None. For fifteen years. That ain't <laughs>
1: Sorry. So, wow. I I had Lee. Um. Who was it? I think I said I had Leela Ike on a few weeks ago, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah I, I just I go into the studio and record the tracks just sort of off the cuff a lot of the time." But I You. you that's amazing. Sorry. Carry on. I was just again <laughs> excited. But carry on with what you're saying. Sorry.
2: Yeah, man. So what we we'll do is, you know, we we'll go in. You know, we we'll make sure before we go in, we we'll siege out the studio, and you know, and you know, we we'll do everything before we start working cleanse and you know what i mean and sip up fruits and lots of waters and stuff and you know the herb of it as well i would we'll just listen and let the universe speak you know most of the time i just open up the program and just start playing around with songs until something makes sense you know and and, and when it makes sense the universe say yes that's the song and you know i work with that and from building the beat to the music it's is the same thing, you know, the same process. So most of the things that my mean set over the years is just the Almighty attack through me, isn't it? I am the vessel. <laughs>
1: no I mean absolutely um, and no I just I find it fascinating that, that that your sort of your track production is like that I think it's absolutely amazing I mean you we talked about Africa slightly I do I do want to hone in actually on a few few other issues now that you sort of you talk about in the album but I think I think are very important and I want to hear your your views on them I mean Africa waits, as I said was was a particularly strong track both musically but but also lyrically because of the content it, content it's, it's is the sort of Uh anthem about almost the liberation of the continent as a whole and it it's there's a real I, I, i don't know if you've noticed as well but sort of african culture and these notions of um breaking off the sort of, I know this is how I phrased it in when I sent you the questions cross, but this notion of Africa breaking up, breaking off these kind of last shackles of colonialism, um, I suppose, mm. which, which there still is because I was, mm-hmm. I'm well—I'm writing about it at the minute, actually, that there's still elements of almost sort of imperialist, colonialist, um, still going, still on. going yeah. on. If you, if yeah. you look at um, sort of, um, countries like the drc heavily heavily Mm -hmm. mined countries where western corporations mine 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 the fuck out of yeah yeah. (laughs) and don't pay their damn taxes in that country i mean if that's not sort of 21st
2: country yeah yeah
1: yeah, basically and if that's not 21st century colonialism i don't know what is (laughs) it's still it's still going on it just takes a different form but there's there's a lot of there's lots and lots of artists at the minute who, who are really sort of focusing on on africa its culture its history and and its rastafari history i mean Mm -hmm. do you think we're with this sort of increased awareness of of africa through music and through culture um and with the sort of the spread of some form of democracy not necessarily ideal democracy but some form of Mm -hmm. form of democracy do you do you think africa will get to the stage where it takes it i suppose takes its rightful place really on the planet as as i called it earlier as the motherland because it's where we're all from ultimately yeah definitely but it's been suppressed for so so long do you think we're reaching the stage where the continent will finally and its people finally come into their own i suppose
2: yes i think so i definitely think so it's just going to take some time. Maybe I and the eye don't get to see it. You know? But it will. it is definitely getting down to that, that, that you know, sacrament at the, 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 the cup of tea. So it's just the, the, the time. Maybe I and I, as we say, won't be around on earth to see that day. You know? But it is definitely tackling down to that. When you look at the, the we have, we have so many wealthy people there really and truly nowhere, you know, can invest back into the country. And you know what I mean? And they they, they are... All we need is, is really and truly, us over here in the Western world, take, pack up and go over there with all of the knowledge that we learn over here. So, and build it up. And to be honest, if we do that, it's going to speed up the process. <laughs> you know? So... It is getting to that point, man, where it is is—it is already recognized as the motherland right now, to be honest. But some people, you know, a system set and, you know, they might make it look impoverished. And, you know, like everyone have certain spots and places that is, you know, filtered with that type of um, setting and people. Because I was shocked. I remember going to D.C. for the first time. You know, and this is Washington D.C. I Man, I expect to see this. This is the the big, you know, yeah. where the, the the nice White House is. And right up the street, there is some like a hundred people sleeping on a step, like um, like a big bank, whatever. There's like a hundred people laying all over the place there on the step, going up to the bank, and I'm like, wow.
1: And the, that's the capital. The, that's, what, that's the capital of the free world, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I'm like, that is. Are those people homeless people? Like I thought it was probably a movie shooting or something. <laughs> so that was my first time experiencing that. So I was like wowed by it. But as me say, if if we as Africans over here, so in this side of the world, seen, get our knowledge over learn and what experience over have here take it back to the motherland build and grow with the country and you know we will definitely get to the point where you know we are going to be the power country in the world
0: <laughs>
2: yeah and we have yeah. to be respected you know mm. no definitely yeah, children of Pharaoh. Right. <laughs> exactly you know what i'm saying so that is the meditation man and it is getting
1: there, brother. i see it and feel it. Yeah, no, I th- I, th- I think so. I think it's. I mean, you still see, you still see sort of Western corporate interference. They're still trying to pull the strings, if you like, over there in many respects. But I, I, th- mm-hmm. I think it is. I think it is improving. I mean, you touched you touched on what you witnessed in DC um, with what was sounds like homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. It's it's really weird times we live in, isn't it? I mean, you have kind of You're, very. you're in you're in um, you're in the US. I'm over here in mm-hmm. the UK. Um, you have Donald Trump. I have Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> and it's it's very strange and kind of kind of unsettling and tr- and troubling times. I very, think at the minute. It's, very. I I ask a lot of guests this because I'm always interested to to sort of hear their take on it, really. But it it almost feels like, in some respects, we are regressing, that things, things are going back when sort of two of the most... I don't, they're not powerful, not powerful countries, two of them are most, I suppose, um, arrogantly powerful in terms of that they, the US and the UK think they, they are the sort of world's, world police and spreaders of democracy. Um, when, but when we're governed by two men who are, who are extremely actually dangerous people. Um, I mean, how what's your sort of summing up of life and humanity as it is at the moment and are you hopeful that things are going to get better because we're in many respects we are in a pretty dire place as a species at present with climate change with the state of politics with rising inequality i mean do you you think there is hope for us still and there's hope on the horizon are you hopeful things will get better
2: bro i can hope I'm hopeful things will get better. I hope it will get better, you know. That's all I can say because... If you really look, as you say, it's regressing. You know, it's... It's sad, but it's true. You know, the... The the reality that we have to deal with today's nation is is, is so crazy. Like, you know... Like, I remember as a youth growing up... We talk about the politics... And, you know, it it even boils, it comes down to even the food that we're eating now. You know, it comes down to the air we're breathing. It comes down to, you know, a whole heap of things. And, and I don't know if it's going to get better. I I do. I hope it gets better, you know. And, and we have to just teach our younger kids the right stuff to eat, the right, you know what I mean? Uh, our, I don't know, bro. It seems it's, it's looking... It's looking very steep, bro
1: no it is and you're right what you say about everything actually especially with regards to food and the air that we breathe i mean i always think kind of the world in 2019 it's almost like the sort of science fiction films that hollywood churned out in the 1980s (laughs) it's kind of like this dystopian future where we're able to talk and you can see my face from across the atlantic ocean but yet also they'll be they'll be taxing us for like air soon if we're not careful and and exactly the climate's worsening and we're eating we're eating this absolutely awful terrible food is forced upon us mass global yes, production and it's like it's everything that science fiction said sort of in the last century is all coming true and it, it's very um, yep there's not many chinks of light but the the chinks of light that there are are growing a lot stronger and it is it is it's people like you and people uh, around the the revival movement but in many pockets of music And the Mm -hmm. arts generally, which are kind of those chinks of life light. And I think also the age of the Internet, there's a real um, awakening of awareness now as well. There are lots more people who are aware. They may still be small in number compared to the global population, but a lot more people are aware of how wrong things are and and what we need to do and i think i think um i'm kind of with you i don't know i i hope there's still hope but i'm i'm we will
2: see yeah because because when you check it we will still have people that's going to you know like us we are going to still have people like us who's going to be like yo let's tap into that energy let's tap into spirituality let's tap into you know a lot of these things and i trying not to let the cyber world get the best of us or, you know what I mean? The, the fancy dolly looking type of things that they're doing to them. Set the females doing to themselves out there. Are You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a few of us who, as you say, you call it the chinks lights, right? So, but the sad part is that there's, there's, there's not going to be enough still. I feel like a prophet attack talked to you right now. This no plan out, brother. Like I feel like we are still going to be fighting to get the people to, you know, yeah. wake up. The, the few ones that are woke is still going to be fighting to be like, yo, wake up. You don't see what they're doing. Come on. Like, stop. You know, like, for instance, I take. For in this day and age, I take a nine to five job as slavery. I take it as slavery because if they pay you five hundred dollars a week bro promise me I, I promise you this bro if they pay you five hundred dollars a week the the work that you did is worth maybe like a thousand to fifteen or even two thousand
1: exactly.
2: So it's like, it's crazy that the way how they do their maths is just not adding up to me, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just crazy, like we're still in that that type of slavery days um, mentality, like, because, oh, I don't, if I don't go to work and, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. All right, how about going to work for a month, save up all that pay? and start your own business how you know how, how about doing that and tapping into your yoga classes and your meditations and stuff
1: so i'm just sitting here frantically nodding throughout this I'm like <laughs> yes 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 and you're right it is it's corporate slavery at the end of the day is yeah, what I'm it more. is This is your last break chance. Go and grab a drink or anything else you choose to do to relax because me and Firekin will be finishing up this interview in just a bit. We are we're slaves to corporations when we go to work. We're slaves to Mm -hmm. corporations when we want to eat. We're slaves to Mm -hmm. corporations when we want to flick on our light switch. We're slaves to corporations when we want to listen to music or watch the television. We're slaves to corporations when we go on holiday. And then we're slaves to corporations when we go to bed because you have to buy a damn mattress to sleep on from a corporation. Uh, It infests every area of our lives.
2: Everywhere. It's like, yep. And
1: people don't I don't people don't but again, by the same token, people are so it's always it's almost a form of manipulation and subversion. People are so um so controlled subversively without even realizing it they're not aware that they are um essentially is a form of like you say it's corporate slavery they're not even aware it's going on they're they're not tuned into the fact that literally their lives are there to serve the vested interests of a few small people and then you die and pay then you die and you have to pay to have your body buried
2: in the ground as well exactly (laughs) water that's running freely they they, you have to pay for that too yeah that as well (laughs) but all right example let me tell you one example that i experienced i think this was a year ago in Manhattan, right i went there we was i was trying to get a new camera you know because i'm into the video production thing as well so looking for a new camera in new york city um Stepped out of the cab. i never forget this in Manhattan. Everybody was like a zombie. Like, that's how I felt looking at, I, I was looking at every single body, even, on the, even in the car. I see people on their phone, bro. Everybody head is down in the phone and literally like walking like straight across the street. And like, I'm like, what? Like, my look, everybody me say no, sir. It's true. This guy, right? Everybody' head is down in the phone. I felt like, like, like you know, like when you tap out of the, that for them for them dimension, and it's like you're from a next dimension mm. watching them. It just looked weird,
1: And that image just sums it up, literally, as you say. It's like it's like zombies. It's the same in London where I am. It's exactly the same in London, and I because I grew up. I'm in the country, and this is the first time mm-hmm. I've properly lived in London um, in my entire life. I've been mm-hmm. here for three years now. London is exactly the same. It's literally, it's it, again, it's back to sort of dystopian science fiction. But you're right; it's literally people. People are zombies, and and we've also we've become very the the sort of the system um, which and and the system in the world it creates, which is in the context of Rastafaro's Babylon. It's it's almost. Um, it, it, it's designed to make us this way as well we're, we're slowly having any sense of yes co- we're having any sense of community any sense of sort of a collectivism as a species it kind of is yes. being eroded away and we're becoming all consumed with individuality and self yep. and and the focus is on you and what you want and how you feel and make yourself better and and um, your own journey and your own aspirations and self 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 self, Um, and that is creeping, and you and you literally do see it, and the sort of pinnacle and the 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 most um, basic um manifestation of that is as you say when you go to cities like manhattan or go to cities like london and literally people are walking around staring at their phones not talking to each other not saying hello to each other even though we're all the same species and we all live on the (laughs) same planet and yet we're all so tunnel visioned into our own worlds now it's it's quite staggering when you take a step back and really think about it it's it's, yes it's unbelievable
2: very unbelievable i agree man it's like, you know, this thing. Like, I have a song that I'm saying, alright, this is for one of the new songs that is coming up. See? Is a tune of me I say, I and I living dread. Living amongst living dead. See? Like, I say, many seem to lost their way home. Can't seem to outsmart their smartphone. So, you know, it's just some little Love things it. like the yeah, them type of little things that we are. you know. It's
1: true, yeah, the living among the living dead, exactly,
2: yeah, but it's what it is. Yeah, man, that's what it is, I'm going to tell you, everybody at Zambia, when we see I walk up and down most of the time, you know, give thanks to the few ones and we'll wake up and, you know, smell the coffee and tap into the energy and the spirituality and, you know.
1: No, exactly, absolutely. So, and as I said, there are there are these chinks of light in amongst all this, and you obviously fit into that those chinks. Actually, sorry, I'm just going to. There was something I want to ask you, which I which I hadn't planned, but it popped into my head earlier. I keep say, seeing um, that the, a lot of people say you're dub. Which I kind of, um, I've seen it written a lot about you, that you're dub. And I do kind of, I see what they're saying, because the, sort of, there's, elements of dub, <laughs> there's elements of dub throughout the music that you do. Yeah. It, there's a lot of, especially the use of synths, um, and yeah. again, some of the arrangements. But I think, I thought that was really simplistic every time I see that written about you. I don't, I, I don't think that's fair <laughs> on you, Firekin. What do, you, do you mind being called sort of
2: dub? Like dub reggae artists, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not bashing it though. I'm not against it. <laughs> I, you know, I do music. I'm a musician. You know what I mean? So, you know, but this is the thing. It, it is heavily influential on my music as well. Yeah. So, we're not gonna deny that. You know what I mean? Still, we still love heavy bass and we dubs them and and we drums with the... With the you know the delay of them and that. We still love that sound. That's the sound we really mm-hmm. have all of the people them um, attracted to what I'm doing right now. So yeah, we can say yeah we dub, but That's why I'm saying new wave. There's some new stuff yeah. forwarding where it's, it's it's not going to be that dub sound alone or you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. going to be more diverse than this.
1: I think your I think you're new wave dubby Saharan soul.
2: Yeah. <laughs> is <laughs> what you are. give thanks give thanks i had to ask
1: that because like i said i'd read that a lot about you and i was like that's that's far too simplistic to describe firekin but (laughs) just to firekin just to finish up i mean you've already kind of told me what you've got in store because you've already said you've got five new tracks but working towards an album already but (laughs) i mean in the short term so we're sort of nearly in september now what's in store for the rest of 2019 for firekin what's what's going on with you for the rest of the year
2: Well, for the rest of 2019, I'll be promoting the new album, New Wave. You know, I have a show in the next, what, five days in Colorado, Denver, Reggae on the Grass. And then after that, I have One Love, One Art Festival, which is in California. And then New York City and Washington, D.C., you know what I mean? So... The promotion, you know, I, t- I think I'll take a break in November and then, you know, back on the road in December. And for the new year, we're planning a tour. Excellent. So, yeah, so we're kind of, we're, we're, we're working, we're working, bro, we're working. And also, I'll be producing, I have an artist, that I, I, I didn't want to say much yet, but I, I, I have some artists that I'm working with that... Is very, very talented. And I'm thinking about putting them to the world. We have Giselle Singh. Like she is a dope artist. We well, are working couple of tracks for her. I'm actually producing an EP for her right now as we speak. So I can say look out for her. Very talented. She's like a Erica Bado mixed with Love it. A, a, yeah, like an India Ari type or like that. Jill got that, you know, she has Ah, that world, so, so look out for her, definitely, we're working on a project together, you know, Nile Banks Music Group is a label, so, anywhere you see Nile Banks Music, just know that's Fire King, you know what I mean, and, yeah, so, for the rest of 2019, those are some of the stuff I'll be up to, shooting the videos as well for, like, Children of Far Eye, Lyrical Dan, you know what I'm saying, so the work is is is, is.
1: <laughs> nonstop. I can't wait to hear more about Giselle. She sounds excellent. Love that bit of Jill Scott and Erica Badu combine. Brilliant.
2: And she looks, she looks just like that—that that natural flavor, that nice, sexy sister. That's you know,
1: yeah, yeah. spitting
2: culture,
1: not corporate.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not culprit at all, like yeah. you know, Ruth Like she looks like when you know Soul Train on BT back in the days yeah, when yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the Afro people and yeah, that's how she looks. <laughs> Image Sam, up yeah <laughs>
1: sounds amazing my goodness firekin it's been such a pleasure to talk to you I really 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 enjoyed that it was, it was great fun and also absolutely fascinating as I said I mean new wave it, it's a stunning piece of work it's already up there with some of the best albums of the year for me it's absolutely fantastic I cannot yes, recommend sir. it enough so people all the links will be in the show notes to where you can get your copy of new wave and of course more information about the man himself it's absolutely brilliant album absolutely fantastic guest Firekin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was an absolute joy speaking with you
2: blessings King and thank you for having me once more you know it's my pleasure and you know I'll be glad to come back again and talk about the next projects to forward
1: that is you booked in
2: <laughs>
1: Firekin right. thank
2: you yes sir blessed love see
1: Firekin is my kind of artist, superbly talented, brilliant at mashing up genres and creating a real experimental sound. The album New Wave is absolutely fantastic, and he was such a great guy to chat with, absolutely brilliant interview, fascinating insights, and such depth of thought behind everything he does absolutely stunning 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 so here is one of my favorite tracks off his album new wave it is both political and musically interesting as well it's a superb superb song absolutely brilliant so this is firekin with the track concrete jungle firekin concrete jungle check this
0: out everybody in Jungle, Stupid politicians don't care. Not even a little bit. Jama's not here, it's a jungling game. Everybody living in hungry jungle. The politicians don't care. Not even a little bit. Jama's said burning up. So the place I run Cops have a dirty gun just in case you run But shot on our hour up with no taser gun Volcano erupt is like the place I burn Them youths a loving fire shut on off the place Like lap and Stole of Rock I left the base I run You feeling like your eyes are born. You want space for higher all no place for run But where them I go to this judgment day to come Abomination will be passing put they wandering and they're wandering when them days are done. But by the time I check the time, them life come to none. On the corner, at the dancing, at the lana Shot except for when them can I clap Like when them find out, seppily ya in pharma Show the fags, the marijuana Spot them deal with him like farmer block I know anywhere in the jungle you carry on. I know anything you hear, if you fi carry that Deep in the shadow where the ball at Don't do the tiny tat, them a carry Glock. Give city place, what you have take the narrow road and ride the fire, In other solid zones, the fire at, but I coming to This concrete jungle is real.
1: And that is it very special episode of Top 1 Caged is done I'd like to thank my fantastic guest incredible Firekin follow him on Twitter it's at Firekin Music as always behind the scenes thanks to the love of my life the gorgeous Nickel Jeffrey follow her on Twitter it's at Nicola C. Jeffrey my man behind the booth Sandra Jeanette at Paws follow him on Twitter it's at Paws with Daisy Radio and my in-house singer it's Ray Star Music follow her on Twitter it's at Ray underscore star 113 thank you to the Canary for uncaging me I will see you again soon
0: Uncaged okay.